The time has finally come. This is an episode that I have been very much looking forward to. My first glass of whiskey out of dry January. Today is February 1st, as of the recording of this episode, and we are finally breaking the lack of drinking. I don't want to call it sobriety, because I'm typically pretty sober, but I'm going to actually drink a glass of whiskey instead of spitting it out, which is what I've been doing for the past month. But I'm not going to get there quite yet, <laughs> because I the whole, the whole thought of Dry January, the whole action that I was doing, got me thinking... Maybe I should try to compare spitting out whiskey for a review versus swallowing the whiskey for a review. Now, those of you watching the video version, I will spare you from this, and I will edit out the part where I'm spitting into the bottle, but we're going to see how the reviews go. Before we get to that, I am Chris, and you are, of course, listening to the Whiskey Noobs podcast. And so basically today we're going to walk through two reviews. Now I couldn't think of a way to do this blind. I would have liked to find a way, but how do you, there's, there's no way I can think of to use blind tastings to compare spitting out your whiskey versus swallowing the whiskey. I'll have to think about that a little bit more. But what we're going to do just for simplicity's sake is I've got this bottle of Dalmore 12 year. This was actually recommended by a patron and I think maybe some other folks on Instagram, if I remember correctly. So it was in my head enough that I was like, I need to finally try that. Uh, so this bottle of scotch is obviously 12 years old, and it costs 80 bucks in Ohio. It is a Highland single malt scotch whiskey, as it says right on the front of the bottle. And I'll look up a little bit of the details about it as well, because um, it doesn't really give you too much on the bottle. Oh, there is a... There is a QR code. I'm actually curious what the QR code is for. Let's find out. We're going to find this out together. But either way, I am going to drink this. Well, first I'm going to sip it and spit it out and give you guys a review. And then I'm going to actually drink it and give you a review. And we'll see how different the experience is. Uh, yeah, that's... The QR code just says, thanks for picking it. Thanks for buying this from us. Accept cookies. So I am going to have the website ready to go, but I'm not going to look at it because I don't want to read any of their notes, and it will that will poison my mind, and then I'll be biased. I'm going to start by swishing out with some water here because I haven't had any whiskey yet tonight. Got to get that palate clean. And then we're just going to get into it. I'm going to do a full review of the Dalmore with spitting out the whiskey, and then <clears throat> a full review of it, drinking the whiskey. Let's see what happens. Step one, open the bottle. Let's do that. I hate these type. Well, they come off really easily. These type where they're like uh, metal. It's like very thin, foily metal. But sometimes when I go to pick it to, in order to take it off, it gets like underneath my nail. But I get that it does feel fancy. It feels very quality. Okay, so obviously the nose isn't going to change. The The palette and the finish are the two things that I'm very interested to see, mainly the finish, uh, how different it is when I'm swallowing the whiskey versus spitting out the whiskey. Um, I guess let's just get into it. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm nervous to drink some whiskey. What if I forgot how to, you know? It's scary. Oh, man. On the nose, I mean... Huge pop of flavor, and I've been nosing whiskey all month, so that's not like, oh, I'm coming out in dry January, so it seems like it's got a lot of flavor. There's a there's a dark fruit, 
there's a little bit of a spice, definite maltiness, and there's a little something else that I can't fully nail down. Maybe it's like a cocoa or like a nuttiness. It's very different for a scotch. This this one note is very different than what I've got from most scotches. This is definitely a, a darker sweetness than I typically get from the scotches that I've had on the show so far. So let's go ahead and take a sip of it. And once again, I'll cut out the spitting for you guys because you don't need to see that. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll run through a quick review of it and we'll try it again without spitting it out. Oh boy. First sip and a half. And uh, this is tasty. I mean, this has a, a ton of flavor to it. What I'm really intrigued about so far is I'm getting a deep sweetness, but I'm also like a like a more of a brown sugar than a white sugar, more of a caramel than a vanilla, that type of a thing. But with that, I'm getting this fresh kind of herbal, almost grassy flavor, which usually I don't get the two of those at the same time. So that so far is very intriguing to me. I'm going to keep digging into it. Um, and I do want to also just throughout this episode kind of talk about my experience with, with spitting out the whiskey versus actually drinking the whiskey for reviews. And I mentioned this a little bit on the last episode, but I think it's a little bit I can actually talk about it during this episode since that's what we're doing. Um, and I can get a, a little bit more in-depth without getting just, you know, down a rabbit hole of, of boringness for you guys. But you might be sitting at home wondering, like, what's the experience? What's the difference in the experience? And, of course, you can practice it. But I recommend, if you do, that you try it a few times. It actually does take some getting used to. And for me, that was actually kind of fun because it's been a long time since I've had to kind of quote unquote, learn to taste whiskey. And so this was like relearning a little bit. It was kind of like, okay, you've learned to keep your head above water. Now can you swim? That's probably not the greatest analogy. You learned uh, to swim freestyle. Can you swim a backstroke? It was kind of like that. It was like, this is the same, but this is kind of different. I'm a little bit confused. So I had to get my grasp for it a little bit. My first couple reviews, I was very much um, not, I was, I shouldn't say throughout the full reviews, but it took me a few minutes into reviewing, especially the first couple of times, to get it right. And I think what was happening was I was sipping it, holding it in my mouth like I normally do, and then swallow, or not swallowing it, but spitting it out where, where I would normally swallow it. And that doesn't work. You might think, what do you mean? That's exactly what I thought you'd be doing. But I learned with spitting it out, I really had to, first of all, not take for granted the palate. I think a lot of times I've realized I take for granted the palate and I just go straight to swallowing it and then I can still taste it on my tongue in the finish, you know. And I think a lot of times I was taking that for granted. Um, so I was actually having to slow down and say, okay, wait, before you spit this out, pull notes out of it. Actually really focus on what you're tasting right now. Whereas I usually, especially for quick reviews, especially for like a quick video 30 second type thing, I don't really focus on nose palette finish too much. I just kind of get the entire vibe of the whiskey, especially for those quick reviews because that's what people are interested in. They don't want to know if the nose has cinnamon spice and the palate has ginger spice. They want to know overall what does the whiskey taste like. And so I was... I realized, though, that I had started to make that like almost common practice. So I had to really slow down, and more so than you even would when you're swallowing the whiskey, you have to really focus on what you're tasting as the whiskey is in your mouth. And that, to me, looked like a lot more of the Kentucky Chew, 
a lot more um, kind of retro hailing, letting the fumes come out of my nasal cavity, not the actual liquid like you would with a cigar where you're blowing the smoke out of your nose, but letting those fumes creep up into my nasal cavity and making sure I have it open. Um, so if you if you've ever if you've never smoked a cigar and you don't know what retro hailing is, it's essentially that, but you do it with the smoke. You uh, try to open up your nasal cavity. You typically learn how to do this by lightly blowing out of your nasal nasal cavity, just blowing out of your nose, basically. Uh, and the smoke in your mouth gets swept up into your nose and comes out of your nose. Uh, and I use that a lot with whiskey, a very similar concept where when I'm tasting it, I'm, I'm letting those fumes come out of my nose. Uh, and so once again, holding the liquid on my tongue and letting those fumes come out. And this experience, the, the, the spitting out the reviews really made me have to get good at that, which I'm actually kind of grateful for because I feel like that is a new tool in my toolkit um, that I'll probably also even be doing a short form video on. Uh, but the way it looks is essentially I'm, I'm, I'm spitting out these reviews, so I'm not able to taste the whiskey as well because I'm spitting the whiskey out. I don't get that finish at all. So I thought to myself, how can I make this better? And I started just naturally doing chewing the whiskey a lot more. And when I started naturally doing that, I realized I was basically retrohaling the whiskey out of my nose. And that made me able to get a lot more nuance, which is something I think I'm going to apply in this episode, I'm going to try to do that even with swallowing the whiskey, and I think my reviews will get even more accurate, to be honest with you. So I highly recommend at home, even if you're not interested in trying spitting out the whiskey, try retrohaling it, essentially. Now, make sure you're not blowing whiskey out of your nose, please. Keep it on your palate. Don't let any liquid up into your nasal cavity. You should have like a layer of whiskey that, that's in your mouth. And then there should be air above that. And the air above that is what you want to have come out of your nose. And that's what I've been doing, and it seems to be working really well. Now, this is the first glass I've had since I started doing that. So I'm interested to see if the finish totally blows that out of the water, and it's like, oh, I actually wasn't getting quite as much as I thought I was. It just seemed like a lot comparatively because I wasn't swallowing the whiskey. That's what we're really going to see today. And I'm going to continue into this glass of whiskey a little bit to see if that's the case. That nose, once again, a nice bready maltiness. Uh, it's really reminding me, that that nose really reminded me of like a strawberry covered with like a sugar, like a brown sugar strawberry combination. Uh, that's, that, that's the vibe that I'm getting so far, but I'm going to take a sip here and we'll see. I'm also uh, using a technique very similar to what I do with retrohaling, which is um, it, it's very hard to just open your nasal cavity and let the fumes of your mouth go out of it. But what I do a lot is, um, I'll, I, I learned this by blowing out of my nose very slowly, but now I'll just kind of open up that path to my nose and then I'll fan my tongue, which pushes the fumes through my nose. And I do that with cigars as well. And then with whiskey, you're like also agitating the whiskey with your tongue at the same time. So it's kind of a win-win. Um, and I think now that I'm really like trying to pick this apart, maybe one of the things we're going to see is that I don't get quite as much on the back, back part of my tongue. Because I notice when it starts getting back there, I'm like, uh-oh, don't accidentally swallow this whiskey. So I'm interested to see if the extra exposure to those taste buds near the back actually has an impact. I know they say that your palate's not actually divided into the sections like people used to think it was, but I'm interested to see just the, the surface area of taste buds that's being covered, if it's actually going to make a difference or not. I think this will probably be my last uh, 
non-drinking sip, uh, and then I will wrap up my thoughts. I will see how close they are, so I, I'm going to tie them up in a neat little bow, and then we'll do the real review. That way we have something solid to compare to. So last one, and then we're on to actually drinking whiskey, and let me tell you, I can't wait. This definitely has a little bit of like that jelly on toast flavor that I've said uh, Borrow Page Volume 2 has. You get this bit of fruitiness. You get that bit of breadiness. This has an extra step to it, which is the darkness of the sweetness and the lightness of the herbal kind of grassy flavor, which is very interesting. I will say, so as far as flavor goes, I'm blown away. This is incredibly complex. Very interesting. The only thing I don't like about it is that it's only 80 proof. For 80 bucks, it's only 80 proof. It's 40% alcohol by volume. Not the biggest fan of that because as I'm sitting here, I'll get all these wonderful flavors. And it's I find myself kind of wanting more. It's kind of like how sometimes you know, you'll notice like a dish needs a little bit of salt. And you're like, this tastes really good. This is a really good dish. It just doesn't pop quite enough. I'm getting that a little bit with this. So I will say so far that's the biggest disappointment. But overall, the complexity of the palate, the body that it has, even at only being 40%, fantastic body, fantastic flavor. So overall, a, a good impression. Uh, so let, let's wrap it up in a neat little bow, like I said, so we have something to compare to. Um, I don't think the nose is really going to change, but just for the record, the nose that I was getting is maltiness, a little bit of a spice, definitely a dark sweetness, and then as of late, those fat last couple of noses, Definitely some fruitiness, probably like a bright berry type of fruitiness. Ooh, berry is a good one. I said strawberry, but now I'm like maybe a raspberry or blackberry. I'll uh, think about that on the next nose, but the nose isn't going to change on the palate. Uh, this is where I want to nail it down. I'm getting a lot of that maltiness up front, but it's not an aggressive, bitter, or harsh maltiness. It's like a warm, almost like warm bread with some dark sweetness. And then I'm still getting some of that fruitiness. So like I said, it reminds me a little bit of that jelly on toast. And then some like herbal flavor joins the party. And I don't know what specific herbs I would say. Not like something strong like a basil or a cilantro. Like not that type of a thing. But just general kind of herbal. Like if you were walking through an herb garden, I guess is how I would put it. Uh, kind of reminds me of the smell of fresh cut hay. If you live anywhere where they're farming hay at. Not straw, not the gold stuff, but hay, the green stuff. Um, the smell when that's first cut, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Um, and then I also, I, I want to take one more sip actually. I know I said I wasn't going to, but I want to nail down the finish because the finish is like the most important part. I want to think about it a little bit extra here. And I'm considering the finish for this after I spit it into the bottle, what flavors are sticking around. When those herbs come in, it's almost like a creamy dill. That's kind of what it reminds me of. Not in the same way that some rye are like creamy dill, which is weird. It's weird for me to say that. Um, but it's just like a touch of it. The way it interacts with everything else makes it taste super different from the way rice do it. Um, and then the finish, I noticed that it turned from a dark kind of a brown sugar caramel almost to more of a vanilla type flavor. And that creaminess really stuck around. And there was a little bit of like maybe a toasted wood. A little bit of something like that. Really, really 
and I've, I, I think I've noticed this. Maybe it's in my head, but I think I've noticed this throughout dry January. The, the finish is underwhelming. It's still there. I just have to really, really pay attention to it. Compared to normally, it just kind of is there, and I don't really have to pay much attention to it. I can just say, this is what I'm tasting. So I think that's going to be one of our biggest differences here. Let me reload my glass, and then we'll see. We'll compare the notes from uh, not swallowing the whiskey to actually drinking the whiskey, and then we'll compare the notes to Dalmore's notes on their website. And I'll talk more about like what this is, because they don't put too much on the bottle, so I will look that up. All right, this is it. This is my first official sip of whiskey since the beginning of dry January. Let me say that again, because I wasn't looking directly at the camera for those watching the video. This is my first official sip of whiskey since 2023, and I am thrilled. Let's see if it's any different than spitting out the whiskey. Cheers. Slancha. I think there might be something to the coating of those last few taste buds when you swallow it and it actually goes down the back of your tongue. Now, what I will say is I don't know that my review will change a lot. I'm going to obviously keep drinking this. Um, I don't know that my review will change very much, but I think the intensity of the flavor is going to change. So far, that first one, maybe it's placebo, which is why I want to do this a few more times. Uh, so far, I'm worried that it was a placebo, but I do think that it, it, at least knee-jerk reaction, it seemed like there was more flavor when I swallowed it. It seemed like there was. Also, just a comment on my first sip since 2023. Fantastic. I, I, I mean, I missed that a little bit. Um, there's, just, there's just something different uh, when you're spitting it out. And maybe it's because when I'm spitting it out, I'm really focused on just reviewing. And so I'm not so much sitting around enjoying the glass of whiskey. I'm like, I'm here for a purpose because I have to have this bottle or can that actually has my spit in it. So maybe that like makes me realize I'm not just enjoying it. I'm, I'm working in some sense of the word. I am working in some sense of the word. My video cut out there for a second. So um, my apologies. I don't know what happened just now. Once again, new studio, if you weren't here for the last couple episodes. So I'm still really, really working out the details. My video might have actually, my uh, quality of the video might have changed a little bit. So if you're watching the video version, my like hue, saturation, white balance, all that might have just changed a little bit. <sighs> Still working out the kinks. So my apologies for that. But once again, where was I? I was about to take another sip and actually swallow it. So let's do that. Cheers. In case it has to be said, the nose did in fact not change. The finish might have. I'm still I'm still nailing it down. I think something happens when you swallow it. First of all, those last few taste buds definitely get coated. But then I think it's like there's a second wave of flavor that hits after you swallow it when it dissolves off your tongue that I don't seem to get after I spit it out when it dissolves off my tongue. So I'm going to try this one more time. And of course, I will wrap up some thoughts, and then we'll talk about the Dalmore in general, the part that some of you might have just come here for. One more sip. I think it's those last few taste buds getting washed over with the whiskey. I think that's what it is, that it sends this extra ripple of flavor. And it, in my opinion, and once again, I can't do this blind, but 
it tastes the same as it does when I spit it out. It's just instead of when I spit it out, it feels like the whiskey left my mouth and I'm tasting whatever is left over. When I swallow it, it's I always thought of it as that, but it's not. It's kind of like I swallow it and then this extra wave of fumes, the, the wave of flavor hits those back taste buds and this extra wave of like the fumes of the alcohol rush up into my mouth and then I can taste that a lot better. I'm still tasting the same general thing, so I'm going to stand by what I said before, but it's... Uh, it's a little bit more pronounced. So yeah, what did I say before? Definitely a little bit of a toasted wood. Uh, I think it definitely turns into more of a vanilla, more of that creamy herbalness. Um, and then I think I said some toasted wood. Something I noticed maybe with the uh, the fruitiness, and I noticed this on the palate actually, not on the finish, is maybe you could argue it's more of a citrus, more of an orange flavor. But but on the nose, it doesn't smell like orange to me as much. On the nose, it smells more like a berry. On the palate, I was getting more of an orange. Yeah, that's weird. That is weird. On the palate, it reminds me more of orange. And I kind of just thought, oh, it's berry on the nose, it's berry on the palate. But I think on the palate, it's more of a citrusy or orange. And I could, you could argue that I didn't catch that until I had swallowed it, coated those last few taste buds, and then taken another sip. Because so I'm getting on the palate... But maybe it's because I'd already swallowed some of the whiskey that I'm getting on the palate. I don't know. That's We'll leave that as an unknown, I guess, for this episode, for this conclusion. Uh, let's read through the Dalmore 12-year, though. Our collections. I'm ch- double-checking to make sure that I'm still recording. For those who keep seeing me, look up at my monitor if you're watching the uh, the video version. Okay. No, not the 21 year. I don't have that kind of money. Just the typical 12 year. The Dalmore 12. 40% ABV. We knew that. An outstanding Highland single malt matured in American white oak ex bourbon casks finished in rare and aged Oloroso sherry casks. Very typical finish, or not, yeah, finishing process. Um, bourbon and sherry mix is, is very common. Uh, matured in bourbon, to be clear, and then finished in sherry for this. But a mix of the two casks, very common. Um, I will say, and I guess it could be because it's aged in the bourbon and then just finished in that sherry, I see more of the bourbon influence. And I wish I would have said that before I read it so you guys would believe me. Hopefully you do believe me. But I, I did see more of a bourbon influence. Now, on to the tasting notes. I am, I still got it. I still to some extent, got it, and I'm happy about that. Um, it does say citrus fruits in the nose rather than berries, but it also says chocolate and aromatic spices, and usually chocolate is not one that I'm able to nail down, so I'm pretty I'm pretty happy about that. The palette, it says Seville oranges, which, like I said, citrusiness. I definitely got it more on the palate. I would argue significantly more than on the nose. Dried fruits, I would still say that's accurate. There's some of those in there, um, but more so for me on the nose, which they don't mention on the nose. And hints of vanilla pods. Now, this is where I'll deviate a little bit. I would push the vanilla pods more towards the finish and less towards the palate, but that's just me personally. Now, the finish, I'm going to deviate from them, especially with, so it's roasted coffee and dark chocolate, especially on the dark chocolate. 
I did not see a lot of dark chocolate. To me, I thought it got a little bit lighter, actually, on the finish. I also did eat dark chocolate earlier. <laughs> I don't know if that would have a little bit of an impact. I use it as a palate cleanser, usually. However, the roasted coffee, I think, could be what I was calling the toasted wood with spice. I'm intrigued by that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hunt that one out when I take this next sip, because I could see that for sure. Yeah, it doesn't... It doesn't remind me of dark chocolate on the finish, and maybe it's because I ate dark chocolate earlier. But definitely, I think roasted coffee is good because it has the maltiness <clears throat> has this kind of a funkiness to it that I can't describe. And I think coffee is a, a pretty good descriptor. It's almost this little bit of bitterness. There's a tiny, tiny bit for you real fans. There's a tiny, tiny bit of the envelope. There is for sure. I mean, this is finished with sherry casks, and I get that a lot with sherry. Uh the envelope is like a bitterness flavor for those who don't know. <clears throat> I say that it reminds me of licking an envelope. There's a tiny bit of that, but there's a different bitterness, which roast coffee might be a very good descriptor for that. However, I will deviate heavily from the dark chocolate. So like roast coffee and dark chocolate sounds to me like a mocha. To me, this is like a French vanilla. It's not a mocha. It's like you get that coffee, you get that little bit of coffee bitterness, but you get vanilla with it. You don't get dark chocolate, or I don't get dark chocolate with it. So that's where I'm going to deviate from those notes a little bit. But overall, so to give my overall opinion of the Dalmore, um, truly, truly a complex drink. Very tasty. If it was cask strength, it would be a very high-scoring, uh, high-ranking scotch for me. I think because it's only 80 proof, I would say that it's not my favorite scotch in the world. Um, I think it is worth the money, though, and that's a distinction I want to make. For 80 bucks, I I can I can semi-confidently say, I think if you were to give this to me blind, I would know it's a more expensive scotch because it has so much flavor, so little alcohol taste. I know it's only 80 proof, but even for that, so little alcohol taste. Very sweet. <clears throat> and as you've heard over the course of the past half hour, very complex. You've heard me describe a lot of different things from it, uh, and some of which I, I nailed compared to what they said, so some of which they're they're spot on with their notes for my palate, and some of which I disagree with. So in either case, you know that I'm not just making this up or just reading it off the website because I was wrong on a couple on a couple regards. Um, but also, you know that they were right on a couple things as well, which to me would indicate this is a very complex thing. Maybe somebody else's palate would get different notes. Um, I almost think the notes list that they give is a little bit lackluster. I almost wish it had some more stuff written. But definitely a, a tasty one. And this is something I see myself very much when I'm in the mood for a scotch, but I don't want the kind of lighter licking an envelope profile that I get from some scotches. Um, when I want something a little bit more deep and, and I think the, the word for why this is so good is body. I mean, so much body, relatively large complexity, Overall, just a, a nice, interesting drink. It would be significantly more interesting if it was a higher proof. That's my only gripe about it, but you guys know that I like higher proof stuff. If this was like 110, we'd be really we'd be really talking. Even if I could get it at like 100 and just try it, you know? So uh, that's my only downside. And if that's my only downside, that's pretty, that's pretty good, you know? I mean, it's just the, the proof of it. Um, and for those who don't know, too, I wanted to clarify on when I say something has a lot of body. I came up with this metaphor a few weeks ago, and I feel like it works really well. 
Um, when I say something has a lot of body, think of a candle. When you buy a candle, sometimes you'll light it and you're like, this candle smells so good. And you light it and you're walking around your house and you're like, I don't really smell that candle. That is the candle version of not having a lot of body. So when I say a whiskey with a lot of body, it's the taste equivalent to I lit the candle and now my whole house smells like this candle. That is what's happening in your mouth. It's like I took a sip of it and my whole mouth is tasting this flavor. Whereas sometimes it's like I kind of have to really focus to get that flavor. That's what I mean when I'm talking about the amount of body that a whiskey has. Uh, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like volume of flavor, but it's also it incorporates like a roundness of flavor, and everybody uses it a little bit differently. But that's the metaphor for what I'm thinking of. And this has a lot of that, especially being only 40% ABV. Uh, a lot of times you don't get very much body at 80 proof, and this this has it. So I will give them that. Once again, I'll just complain that it's not higher proof, but worth the money. I'm glad I bought it. I will absolutely be drinking this bottle. I don't want anybody to think like, oh, he doesn't like it. Uh, I'll be drinking this. This is very tasty. This is something I would buy at this price point at the 80 bucks. Um, it is going to get added to my quick review guide that I have on Patreon, but just to spoil it a little bit, I'm going to guess that I would go up to like maybe 90, 92 bucks because it really is that complex. It really does have that much body. It really the especially that bourbon cask comes through with those like brown sugary, nice flavors. There's this weird light herbaceous flavor that mingles in with it. Really enjoy it. So very tasty. I will probably be having this with a cigar soon because I want to try that. Um, and I, I would say overall, it has my seal of approval in terms of the, the the cost. But make sure you like the things that I'm talking about because we are absolutely in that price range where. It really depends on if you like the specific things that I'm talking about. Now, <clears throat> to wrap up our thoughts on spitting versus swallowing, uh, this really made it clear to me, and maybe I'm biased because I couldn't do this blind, but I think what it made very, very clear to me is you get the same type of flavors, you just get them better when you swallow the whiskey. It's just easier to pick them out. So especially if you have a hard time hunting down notes, you might have a really hard time with spitting out the whiskey. Um, but it's also one of those things that comes with practice. I mean, maybe getting good at tasting whiskey and spitting it out <clears throat> will improve your ability to taste whiskey when you're not spitting it out because then you're really going to have more flavor. Maybe that could be the case. I'd actually like to try that with, with like a newer guy. I might have to talk to one of my buddies. But I could see that helping as well. If anybody tries that, please let me know. Um, so overall, I don't think it messes up your reviews. And this is, once again, this is an industry thing. A lot of people do this in the industry. Judges, distillers, blenders, tasters. It's very common. And I think that's why it's common. But I do think you got to be careful that you know what you're doing. Because like I said, in the beginning of some of those reviews, I was like, why am I not tasting this very much? And it took some fiddling around. I remember I recorded one for Patreon, and I literally sat there and just kept tasting it, tasting it, tasting it, tasting it, because I wanted to get it right. And by the end of that review is when I started doing that retrohaling thing. I really thought I was getting the hang of it. And I, I still think I am. I still think a lot of this stuff is going to taste very similar. Um, it's just you get more of it. Because it coats those last few taste buds when you swallow it. It gives you that extra gust of the fumes on the finish. It just gives you a little bit extra oomph. Uh, but if you're confident in your tasting abilities and you really focus and you really try that retrohaling and, and try the Kentucky chew where you're chewing the whiskey a little bit and all that, 
I do think you can get a reliable review and you can get a good idea of the whiskey that you're drinking. If that's something that interests you, especially for those of you who, you know, you're trying not to be intoxicated. Maybe, you know, you have to go somewhere later, but you still want to try this whiskey, something like that. Um, I guess one caveat that just popped into my head, maybe don't do that with somebody else's whiskey. <laughs> I it, it very well might offend them. So uh, just bear that in mind. But I'll leave you at that word of caution because I think we've beat this dead horse. Uh, fantastic review of the Dalmore. A, a fantastic glass for me to leave dry January with. And uh, this was a fun little experiment. If I think of a way to do it blind, maybe we'll do it again, but we'll do some kind of a blind tasting to try to prove it out. That's all I've got for this episode, though, guys. So I will leave you with learn to drink, drink to learn. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you need more Whiskey Noobs content in your life, make sure you check out our Patreon page in the show notes. And if you like the show, please make sure to leave a five-star rating or review. It only takes a couple of minutes, and they're way more helpful than people realize. If you want to do tastings alongside the show, make sure you join the email list by sending an email to whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com with a subject line that says email list. You'll receive monthly emails with a list of the whiskeys that will be featured throughout the month so that you can buy them ahead of time. You can also find more Whiskey Noobs content on Instagram at Whiskey underscore Noobs and on TikTok at Whiskey Noobs Podcast. Once again, thank you guys for listening. The Whiskey Noobs Podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.